The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the authors and are not necessarily those of the Department of the Army, the U.S. Army War College, or any other agency of the U.S. government. You're listening to Conversations on Strategy. Today, I'm talking with Uraola Oyewusi, author of Medical Resilience and Pandemics, Encountering Terrorism on Tomorrow's Battlefield, Critical Infrastructure and Resiliency, Handbook 2. Welcome to Conversations on Strategy. I'm really glad you're here. Thank you, Stephanie. I'm glad I'm here, too. Your chapter explores medical resilience as a component of critical infrastructure, as well as using low-resource health systems to build resilience. Will you please briefly expand on that? The work on this chapter focuses on a low-resource health system as managed to build resilience against a disruption this time around a pandemic, as specifically COVID-19. We explore Nigeria as a system that it's definitely not high-resource. The health delivery system is not high-resource. And we explored some of the things that were done during the COVID-19 pandemic. Let's talk about that in a little bit more detail. Like you said, your case study focused on Nigeria and COVID-19. How did Nigeria handle COVID-19? So I'm going to give a bit of context. The first COVID-19 case, the recorded one, I think we should emphasize that, was in February, February 27, 2020, right when the old world was finding out. That was when we found out about that in Nigeria too. Another clear context that we should have as we go into a discussion is that Nigeria's epidemic response is carried out in the context of a fragile and under-resourced existing health delivery system. That means that even before the pandemic, the system was overstretched. There was a lot of people. There were challenging fault lines already, and then we now had the disruption like COVID-19. To help you to understand this use case, one of the indexes that was used to gauge a country's preparedness during the pandemic was the number of ICU beds to the population. Germany had about 29 beds to 100,000 people. The U.S. had about 34 to 35 ICU beds to 100,000 people. Turkey had 48 beds to 100,000 people. But in Nigeria, we had about 0.07 beds to 100,000 people. So I think that would lay down a context from why we are discussing this and how a disruption to critical infrastructure like pandemic was done in Nigeria. What are some key lessons learned from Nigeria on managing pandemics? I'm going to discuss that under three key ideas. The first one, there was leverage experience and infrastructure. The second one, there was surveillance, data analysis, and public data sharing. And the third one, which is probably one of the most interesting, are all the non-pharmacological intervention. We have established that the system is overstressed. I gave it a proportion of ICU to 100,000 people. The country knows, the people know. We had a, a vague idea of what we were in for, and you know, it was one of the most interesting things that we did. One of the experiences that helped us as a country, despite this fragile health system, this low-resource health system, was we have some experience managing pandemics. For example, the Ebola of 2014. So the preparedness wasn't just from the side of the health system professionals. The country had an idea. We have experience a bit with Lassa fever. We have experience with cholera. So one of the key things that happened there, there was a coordinated national effort by the National Center for Disease Control, the Federal Ministry of Health, and the State Ministry of Health. And then, for example, for data collection and analysis, there was a software that was used during Ebola called SOMAS. SOMAS is Surveillance Outbreak Response Management. 
a very interconnected system that was used to collect data from smaller places to bigger places and it had preparedness for things like you know, we had anticipated that there'll probably be no light. There's usually a lot of outrages. There's a lot of issues like that. But this system had been tested during Ebola. So it was like this country spun it up again now that we have another pandemic. The third one is non-pharmacological intervention. For example, there were things like hand washing, face masks. Even though I know it's global, people had hand sanitizers, there was lockdown, there was restricted public gathering, there was sociocultural communication. You know, for example, more than 500 languages are spoken. That means that in villages and religious houses, people were talking about COVID-19. We think you should wear your mask through those channels. In public places, you could wash your hands outside. That means if you're going to the bank, it may not be the prettiest setup, but every public place, the public parks, there was a unit for you to wash your hands. And then, like I said, people remembered from Ebola. That means that there was general knowledge, a bit on how to prepare and sanitizers. We think there's something dangerous out there. We have heard about it. And, you know, just like the other time, we should wash our hands often. We should wear our mask. You know, there were makeshift masks because the mask scarcity happened here. Then, you know, some were made from fabric. Some of them were not the prettiest, but people were wearing their mask, at least in many places. The book would put the makeshift bucket. You know, in some public places, it would just be a makeshift bucket with a tap, some soap to wash your hands. But this scaled across the country because uh, they were easy to deploy. And then information through radio. People were hearing about COVID-19. I remember in the textbook, I put some examples of the flyers that went around that this is dangerous. We are not always confident that you have the support that you need in the health system. But if you can try those things, if you can stay at home more, of course, there was the economic downside of people staying at home. But you don't have to be out. Some states were running. "Mm, We're not closing finally, but can you be home by six? Clubbing no parties, uh, no big church gatherings, no big religious gatherings. Can you just pray at home? This may be for people who could read, but then there was the daily updates by the disease control center. You know, you know, the number of people that died, the number of people that were diagnosed. What should you do if someone is infected? If you suspect this, it was in public places. If someone has been coughing, sneezing, we think the person may have this, the nearest health center. So those were some of the non-pharmacological solutions that kind of worked well for us. Do you have any final thoughts that you want to share about this before we go? I have experience working in a low-resource health system. You know, I've gone on to other things, but I've always been in the believer of uh, in every pandemic, in every disruption, especially learning from the experience of where we already know that this is low. It's not that because there was pandemic, that was what happened. I would say they are usually the low-hanging fruits countries should embrace them. This was with NATO. NATO should embrace them, tell people on the radio, talk about this in their language. I understand that even in countries where people speak the same language, there are regional nuances. You know, for example, in Nigeria, local leaders were telling their communities about this. I'm not saying that, oh, everyone did that, but it was common. It was common knowledge that we should do that. In pandemics, Everyone is as confused. It's not like everyone knows what to do, but for every disruption, one of the key learnings from a low resource system like that is that they are the low hanging fruits. They should be embraced. Thank you for being here today and sharing your ideas and your insights. Nice to be here. Listeners, find out more about managing pandemics at press.armywarcollege.edu slash monographs 
957. Read about it in chapter six. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to hear more, you can find us on any major podcast platform. 